what I would look to think about is if I'm going to launch a product, a couple of different characteristics can really help me. You're listening to The Liftoff Show, the podcast for ambitious e-commerce entrepreneurs, helping you increase sales, profits, and build a powerhouse brand fast. I'm your host, Austin Lovell, and welcome to the show. G'day and welcome to the Liftoff Show. And today we're chatting with Aiden. Aiden, do you just want to take a moment to introduce yourself and tell everybody who's listening who you are and what you've been up to in the whole e-commerce world? Sure. So I'm the CEO and co-founder of Wayflyer. And Wayflyer provides short-term finance to e-commerce brands ranging at the bottom end from maybe $10,000 to advances of up to $10 million. And we launched in April 2020. And then we've backed maybe 700 e-commerce startups uh, since we launched about 15 months ago. So I think it's an awesome story because as I was saying just before we started, I think I've chatted with maybe four or five different team members at Wayflyer and I think the setup is, is really, really cool. So what I'm keen to jump into straight away is the whole idea of Wayflyer, you know, just a bit of the origin story. Where did it come from? Were you always in sort of the fintech space? You know, where did the idea for, I guess, a working capital company for e-commerce brands come from? Yeah, so it's an interesting story. I have to give credit to my co-founder, Jack Pierce. He actually came up with the idea of creating a short-term finance product for e-commerce companies. He was actually working for a kind of a, a startup accelerator that focused on hardware products. So he was very aware of the problem. At the time, I was actually founder of another company, which was a marketing analytics startup. And Jack said to me, rather than selling marketing analytics software product, you should use that technology to underwrite e-commerce brands for short-term finance instead. So seven of us combined with Jack back in September, 2019. And uh, that's how Wayflower began. I think an interesting thing you mentioned there is using the marketing analytics technology underneath. And I think it was something very interesting I learned about the platform is that brands can sign up and they can use the analytics tools for free, even if they don't end up getting capital from Wayflyer. So do you just want to talk a bit about the analytics underneath and sort of the capability of the platform for brands who maybe just want to understand their numbers a little bit more? Sure. So one of the big challenges for e-commerce brands is figuring out what's actually working from an advertising perspective and what's not. And it turns out that the data that we want to look at to you know, determine whether you qualify for a cash advance or not is the same data that you need to look at to see, are my agency basically spending my budget correctly? So what we decided to do was to create a pretty straightforward supplementary product for free uh, that would allow you to check what your returns are across the different types of campaigns that you're currently running. In addition to that, we also offer a kind of a free consultancy service. So we have a team of in-house Facebook and Google ads experts, and they'll often give a 30 minute or a one hour consultation, typically picking maybe the 10 or 15 you know, low performing campaigns and giving you very concrete tips on how to improve them. And because we see you know, performance across you know, thousands or tens of thousands of different campaigns, we're in a great space to, to help you understand some of just the basic changes you can make to your campaigns to help you perform better. And for us, like our big thing is over time, the biggest thing that determines your success in e-commerce is your ability to acquire and keep customers. And it's really about acquiring customers. And can you do that in a profitable and scalable manner? Because if you can, you're going to have a great brand. 
So I think it's really interesting the fact that there's in-house Google and Facebook experts and you're providing financing to brands. So I guess, do you want to give some ideas to the people listening in who are maybe trying to scale their brand for the first time? They're trying to take it to that next level. You know, maybe they're thinking about financing options. What are some of the mistakes, I guess, that are commonly found from an advertising standpoint? Are these brands just wasting a lot of money on the wrong objectives? You know, are there common themes between some of these campaigns and the wrongdoings between brands? Absolutely. So the the big thing to bear in mind when you start off at the very beginning is that you should do the initial advertising yourself. So most companies, the first mistake they make is they hire an agency day one. And because they don't have a very big ad budget, they don't actually get a kind of a high priority categorization within that agency. And as a consequence, it's very hard for those companies to outperform. And they're normally paying the agencies quite high fees as a percentage of the total ad budget because they have so little to spend. What we would recommend to customers is take the time to become at least moderately knowledgeable about these platforms. Learn how to run campaigns, learn what an ad set is, learn what uh, the different types of audiences you can create in Facebook, because it's really beneficial in the early days uh, to learn how to do that yourself. It's a core competency of all e-commerce entrepreneurs, whether you like it or not. Then when you are able to bring in an agency to do it for you, you're going to have much bigger budgets for them to work with. And also you're going to be in a better place to actually evaluate that agency. So it does sound like a lot of hard work, but I always encourage customers early days to learn how to do it yourself, at least to a moderate level. Otherwise, it's really, really hard to outperform. Outside of, I guess, the agency trap, we'll call it, getting started with an agency a little bit too soon, what are some other errors or issues that you see a lot of, you know, the Wayflyer customers dealing with? Is it stock? Is it inventory? Is it, you know, building a team way too fast? What are some of those main issues that they hit? So one challenge we've mentioned is just acquiring customers profitably and scalably through marketing channels. The second difficulty is really handling inventory. So if you look at the life of an e-commerce entrepreneur, the majority of their time, especially in the early days, is making sure that goods get from the factory to their warehouse and then, then to the customer. And a really big challenge is actually finding reliable and you know, cost-effective suppliers, typically in the Far East for most of the products that our customers sell. And taking the time to get good payment terms and to find a reliable supplier will save you huge amounts of time and heartache in the future. And we actually have a service we add on top as well. So if you would like us to find a reliable supplier to you, we have a partnership with the company. They have a team of people in China and they will actually find factories for you that we know to be reliable, sustainable, and they'll offer reasonable payment terms. But finding a reliable supplier is really difficult in the early days, especially if the market dictates that you need to find that supplier overseas uh, because the margins there will be, you know, they won't charge you as much, but it is more difficult. And if you get that wrong, it can really set you back. We've had situations where, you know, a supplier's factory has gone on fire or goods have been, you know, not ordered correctly. And you're expecting a shipment to come in just before Black Friday and it doesn't arrive. That kind of heartache can be removed if you have a reliable supplier but it's hard to get that, especially now when it's very difficult for any of us to travel to China and to meet factories in person. Outside of that, let's take it back to Wayflyer and I guess the financing side. Why would a brand want 
financing. And do you just want to talk a bit about the Wayfly model of financing? Because I think it was quite unique to me. I never knew there was options like this. I thought either you take on a big business loan, you're going to go and get a line of credit. You might use a credit card or something along those lines. But I didn't know there was this you know, whole concept and way of working where it's working capital and you pay it off as you generate sales. So do you just want to tell everyone listening what the Wayflyer approach is all about and why I guess it's beneficial for you know, early stage brands? Sure. So I'll start with the problem first. So the reason that e-commerce companies need working capital more than most companies relates to when you pay for your expenses and when those expenses turn into revenue. So I'll take a simple example. Uh, let's say we need to make an inventory order for the Black Friday Christmas period. I probably need to make the order in the next couple of weeks. When I make the order, my supplier will charge me 30% on the day of the order. In three weeks time, when the order is ready to leave the factory, they'll charge me the remaining 70%. Then I have to wait for the order to arrive at my warehouse. Then I spend money on marketing. And only then do I turn all that spend into revenue. So you basically have to shell out a lot of cash and you're in the red all the way for weeks and weeks until you turn that into revenue. And that's essentially the spread that Wayflyer actually funds. And this problem has probably been exacerbated by the difficulties in the supply chain right now because it's taking longer to get goods from the factory to your warehouse. And that probably means the need for Wayflyer is even greater. The way that we structure the cash advance, um, it is two primary components apart from the kind of core amount. The first is a fee, let's say we'll call it 5%. And then the second is a remittance rate and I'll call that 8%. So in this example, if it's a $100,000 advance, Wayflower will take $105,000 back from you, which is the amount and the fee, and we'll take 8% of your daily sales until that amount is paid back in full. Once that amount is paid back in full, the payment stops. And unlike kind of a typical loan where you would have fixed repayments, we are taking performance risk on you because if your sales drop, we actually will get paid back less. So if you do really well, we do really well and we get paid back very quickly. If you do badly, we do badly as well. And what that gives the entrepreneur is some downside protection. You know, something might happen with the payment, something might happen with an inventory order. If that happens, you don't have to worry about going into default. We're taking part of that risk because we're getting paid as a percentage of daily sales. And that arrangement in relation to how we get paid back creates great alignment between the two parts of the contract. That's why we want to help you get better at advertising. We want to help you get better inventory suppliers because if you do well, we do well. And that dynamic doesn't actually exist in traditional loan agreements with banks where they just call you up and ask you, can you pay them back? So it sounds like not every brand who applies to partner with Wayflyer is going to get that instant yes. It's obviously a process of, is this going to make sense? Looking at the numbers, understanding if it's actually going to work. So for any brand, I get, and I'm sure getting approved by Wayflyer and working together and partnering up is, I guess, a good sign because it's showing that the business is on the right track. The fact that all the numbers make sense and it makes sense to funnel funds into that and you know scale it up. So what are some of the things that you tend to look at when someone applies? Like, What metrics should brands that are listening in be trying to absolutely nail so they know they're on the right track? The big thing that we look for is the CAC to LTV ratio. So what's the ratio between your cost of acquiring a customer versus your lifetime value of a customer? And if that ratio is pretty healthy, and it can vary depending on the vertical that you're in, that's 
a huge amount of what we focus on. There are other elements too. For example, do you have existing loans or liabilities or outgoing payments? Do you have a large number of staff? But in terms of your day-to-day performance, that ratio of CAC to LTV is a huge like factor in what we think about. We also look at some other elements of your business, like your Trustpilot score, to make sure that you're delivering a good service to customers. But a, a huge amount of it comes down to comparing how much value you get from a customer over the lifetime of that customer and how much does it cost to acquire them. Is there a rough idea that you could give people listening of that LTV to CAC ratio? Is there generally a healthy point and anything below that is considered, look, it needs to be addressed? Is there generally a ballpark ratio? So it can vary dramatically by the vertical and some companies will have different ratios depending on their goals. So for example, if you're a VC backed business and you're being really aggressive in the market, you might have that ratio at one to one and you're happy to lose money on individual customers for a short period of time because you're just trying to basically acquire market share. But the vast majority of our customers would be looking at kind of two and a half, uh, three to one plus. And that would kind of be something we'd look for. Some companies can be a lot higher. It kind of depends on what you're trying to do and how aggressive you want to be. Because the easiest way to increase your CAC to LTV is to reduce your marketing spend. As you increase your marketing spend, typically your returns are going to go down. And we're okay with that, but it's important that you're operating profitably at all times. So then for someone listening in who's thinking, okay, I've got to go and calculate my LTV to CAC ratio, they might calculate it and realize that even at low marketing spends, the ratio isn't looking too pretty. Are there a few key ways to bump that up? Are there some ways that they can improve that? And I guess it comes down to marketing profitability and a few other key factors. What are the things that they should be looking to improve in order to get that ratio in the, in the golden area, I guess? Yeah, so we can look at two sides of the coin. So we'll look at the cost of customer acquisition first. So on the customer acquisition side, uh, the thing that we see is almost all the brands that we work with are overly reliant on Facebook. And Facebook is expensive because that's where everybody goes by default. So if you're struggling to get your cost of customer acquisition to a reasonable level, it's really worth experimenting with other channels. And that's been difficult in the past, but tools like TikTok and Snap are now creating ad platforms that are a lot easier to use. And most of the time, we see really profitable channels are channels outside of Facebook. So it requires some extra work and it requires some extra study, but it's really beneficial to start experimenting with channels outside of Facebook because that's not where everybody's looking. So that's one thing we recommend to people if if they just can't get Facebook working even after we've made some amendments. On the LTV side, the critical thing is, are your customers coming back for subsequent purchases? And if they're not, do you have the ability, normally through email or retention campaigns, to bring them back in for further purchases? Email marketing and doing that at a world-class level is just a no-brainer. Most companies use a tool like Clavio to do it for them. But really, to get world-class at email marketing, if you have subsequent purchases, it's pretty much a non-negotiable and that can actually drive LTV up pretty quickly because you're probably sitting on you know, a real revenue base with your existing customer base and you may not just be monetizing them effectively. To finish up, because I think there's been loads of valuable extracts from what we've talked about today and all the interesting insights that you've mentioned. If you were to start a brand today and having this backing from a marketing analytics standpoint and all the financing, working with, you know, hundreds, almost close to thousands of brands at this point, 
what are you doing right from day one? What are you focusing on? Because I'm sure a lot of brands would jump straight into advertising on Facebook. They've got a product, they think, great, I'm gonna go onto Facebook, I'm gonna go into these competitive waters and I'm gonna try and sell my product. But what would you go out and do first? Is there something that you would do differently and approach brand building from a different way if you wanna set it up for long-term success? Yeah, so I'll go back even one step even before I have picked my brand. And I would look at the dynamics or the unit economics of that particular product. So what I would look to think about is if I'm going to launch a product, a couple of different characteristics can really help me. Number one, product has a lot of repeatable sales. For example, health and beauty products need to keep ordering them. So I want a lot of repeatable sales. Typically, I don't want a lot of seasonality because if I have a lot of seasonality, I need to make a handful of very big inventory orders and I need to be really good at inventory prediction and kind of revenue prediction. And that's very difficult. Number three, I want low shipping costs. I don't want you spending a huge amount on shipping costs um, if I can avoid it. And then number four, I want high gross margins. So if I want those four criteria to be met, I need to pick very specific products. And if your product has those four criteria, you're much more likely to be successful online in the future. Um, and it's going to make life a lot easier. A couple of different verticals that have those characteristics, pet food, pet products, health and beauty, baby clothes, baby products. You need to keep buying them. They're very repeatable <laughs> because your baby keeps growing. Uh, that would be actually something I would focus on before I even think about launching a brand. What are the unit economics of my business? Um, and are they actually going to help me or are they going to make life more difficult? Aiden, I think this interview has been awesome. I've got loads out of it personally. And I think everyone listening can take away a bunch of tidbits and at least go and sign up for Wayfly, get started, maybe get some of those analytics for their own brand and maybe find some flaws in their own advertising strategy and their spend. So look, thanks again for your time and being on the show. It's been super valuable. Thanks, Austin.